Welcome back, everyone. It's Kiddish Club, News for Jews, here with another episode. Lagbimer's upon us. Yes, beautiful bonfires. Miron is in full swing. Yeah. By the time our audience hears this, it will have already passed. Yes. We're hoping everybody had a wonderful time. Very happy time in the Jewish calendar. Yeah, well, finally, we can all shave. Well, uh, most people, right? right? Some people keep it all the way. Yeah, uh, Kabbalah. Yeah. If you follow Kabbalah, you're not shaving. I don't know. I, I, I haven't shaved. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of going... Leaving it, right? Leaving it. Yeah, it's always a thought. It's always a thought. But at the end of the day, I do miss my face. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, it's coming off. It's coming off. I, you know what? I think I'll leave it until Shabbos. Hey, Shabbos. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, decide. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. That's what I think a lot of people do. You know what I won't do anymore? Is like the facial landscaping. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> do you do that? All day really that's OCD your friday that's what, you, that's what your friday looks like <laughs> no i do it every day all day i can't stop wait do you even know what i'm talking about with facial landscaping oh no no i was th- i thought you were talking about because you were motioning and, and stroking your beard i thought you were talking about like playing with it and so that's and, grooming right or yes. whatever you use the comb my hands <laughs> right but when it's time to shave people will make the uh, goatee they'll make the very long sideburns they'll make you know they'll play around you make like a letter, you make put like an olive in your cheek, like that it's kind possible. of thing? It's possible. It's possible to be done. You should do it. We'll take a picture of it. We'll post it. Yeah, that would be a great way to come out to the public. But before we continue, I do have to mention that this episode is sponsored once again by Jerusalem Cafe in Midtown New York City at 7 West 36th Street. If you haven't been to Jerusalem Cafe yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. First of all, you get 10% off for our listeners Using the coupon code KC10 will get you 10% off. And that's going to be 10% off on the greatest food that you're going to have in Midtown New York City. Create your own salad, sushi, pizza, hot open bar, breakfast, lunch, dinner. They have everything there. You don't need to go anywhere else. And the food is top. All you have to do is visit the website, place your order, and don't forget to put KC10 in your checkout for 10% off. The website is j2nyc.com. That lets them know that we sent you and it gets you 10% off. Try them out. You will be glad that you did. So I think it's important to start this episode uh, with what happened to our most recent guest, Danny Lobel. Yes, absolutely. It was it was really horrible. So if you heard that episode, you know that he runs a business called The Podcast Bus, where people can you know record their podcast in his bus and as you can imagine, it's filled with tens of thousands of dollars of podcasting equipment. Somebody broke into the bus and took everything. Really horrible. Now wait, as if that wasn't bad enough, the perpetrator came back to his house and tried to get like more. That's when Danny confronted the guy and just chased him away. Yeah, which I think, I mean, power to him, but I, I, I mean, anything You would never happened. do that. I would never do that. <laughs> I'd give him coffee. I'd give him more equipment. Like, no, dude, but how can I help? You? It is. It's not. It's not a safe thing to do. Like no. to confront um, thieves or what do you call this guy? A burglar? Yeah, a burglar. No, it's it's crazy. Well, the guy pulls out a gun. You, you don't know what's going to happen. So they caught the whole thing on their security video. Yeah, and we have that video, and we're going to post it. And uh, they also created a GoFundMe to help Danny Lobel recover. I guess you know. It's $25,000 worth of podcasting equipment that needs to be replaced. Absolutely. Absolutely. We feel terrible. Uh, We will be making a donation, and we encourage everybody else to as well. 
we'll include the link in the show notes. So when we had Danny on, we actually spoke about how California is just like going into the, the dumps. And this is just another example. Yeah, I mean, crime is out of control. It's rampant. And they don't seem to be doing anything. And it's, it's crazy because it's not just California. I mean, it's New York also. You know, we had, there was a big news story that, that happened, you know, right before the weekend. Uh, I'm sure you heard about it, about Jordan Neely, the, the homeless man who was, well, actually, no, you're not allowed to say homeless anymore. You have to say. Unhoused. Yes. Right? <laughs> yep, that's right. Yeah. Homeless is, means you're prejudiced against homeless well, people. Well, there is a <laughs> negative connotation to it, right? Okay. It has turned into almost like a, like a slur. Yeah, okay. Right? Okay, so it's an like unhoused if I person. Was, well, like, listen to me. If you came here like in your slippers and your shorts, I would say you look like a homeless person. Right. I would say you look homeless. But there's a as, reason as for that. As an insult. <laughs> that would be an insult. So why are we insulting the people who are actually are unhoused? Okay, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> for those who don't know about it, there was a, a homeless man, a, an unhoused person on the, the subway. And now the subway, by the way, people are afraid to take the New York subways because they're just unsafe. Nobody wants to be there. If it's not the rats getting you, it's the unhoused people like Jordan Neely and... Uh, Apparently, he was threatening other passengers on the train, and he had been saying things like, I don't care if I go to prison. I don't care anymore. I'm going to do what I want to do. And at that point, an ex-Marine intervened, and he went and he put him into a submission hold, which looks like he's choking him. I mean, it's a, a choke hold. It's a it, headlock. But it's a choke hold. It's from behind, right? And it's squeezing the neck. There's no way to make that benign. It's just, it, it is what it is. It's a chokehold. Okay, but he was, you know, he was moving even after he released him. He was still moving. But of course, no sooner did this happen that many in the media started saying, you know, white supremacist kills uh, unhoused individual because he spoke his mind on the train. And that's totally not what it was. At least it doesn't seem that way from the information we have. In fact, we know that this this man was arrested. He had 42 prior arrests 42 and he was only like 31 or something he even had an outstanding warrant for like beating up i think a 67 year old woman this guy was not a saint by any stretch of the imagination but does that mean that he had to die no i'm not saying misa. i'm not saying he, sh he should kill a person but the to say that this guy was not going to do anything no i would have taken him as a, at his word when he said i'm gonna hurt someone i'd be like yeah, he probably is going to hurt someone. So if you're a good Samaritan and you see people in harm's way, you get involved, right? And this ex-Marine, his name is Daniel Penny, got involved and put him in a chokehold, really. Now, now all that is understandable, but you don't, you can't put somebody in a chokehold for multiple minutes and not expect them to die. Well, again, I, from what I've read, it wasn't, a chokehold, it was a submission hold I, that look, even police officers use. I, I get it, and I saw the video, right? right? And after like 30 seconds, I was like, that's not good. There's no, like, you can't survive. You can't. You can't survive. But I, I disagree because you see the other guy, the African-American guy who's helping him, you see him still also holding him until finally they both say, okay, let him go, and they all... Yeah, that's like three to four minutes in. Right, but they were all doing it together it's not like this guy was by himself they were all doing it and they're calling it a lynching but it clearly was not a lynching there was a warrant out for his arrest right now he was arrested 42 times and by the way people went online this guy apparently was well known in the new york city community 
And people online, they found multiple messages all over Reddit talking about him and saying, stay away from this guy. He's crazy and he'll attack you. He'll try to throw you onto the tracks. He was known to be a criminal, a violent criminal. I understand all of it. But first of all, this Marine, right, Daniel Penny, had no way of knowing that there was outstanding warrants for, for, for Jordan Neely. No, of course, of course. But what, what my problem is the way it's being covered. They keep Forget talking the about he covered. was a, hold he on, was hold a, on, a on. Michael Jackson we, impersonator. Okay, but like as if he was just some random guy right, put it on a show and he, this guy came and he killed him. Right, they're making him out happened. to be a Disney character. He's clearly not. Right. However, what should have happened in your mind? What was? Let's just look at the facts. What do the facts say to you? You saw a video. Are you okay with it? So I'll tell you, Daniel is... He has him in the submission hold, and he can't see his face. He can't see anything, and he's going by the other guy who's in front of him and in front of Jordan Neely, who's talking to him, and the two of them are communicating communicating and coordinating the restraining of this individual. So he can't see anything. He's just holding him. He doesn't know what's going on. So now, obviously, should he have let him go sooner? Yes, but you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. He didn't know. I let him go. He jumps up. He has a knife. He has a gun. I don't know what's going to happen. I get that. I'm holding on until I know it's totally clear. I understand. But if you know anything about submission holds. Which right, I don't. And chokes, which <laughs> I, I know I a little bit about. If you Once a person is in that hold for like 10 seconds, 15 seconds max, they go out. They're out. They're, but this guy, not this guy was not out you, after 15 seconds. What makes you say that? Because we saw it on the video. Because you saw his legs moving? Yes. That's just reflexive. By the way, no. Oh yes, and if you. By the way, if you keep somebody, it's a lot about you I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's but weird look, conversation. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's known, right? When you look at just martial arts, if you keep somebody in a chokehold, they'll tap out. If they, if you don't let go, they'll pass out, and then if you keep holding, they will die. If you're going to administer a chokehold like that, you need to know the power that it that it wields. So you think he intentionally killed him? I don't think that. I think either he was negligent. In, okay, fine. I, in, that that could be. I don't think he wanted to kill somebody that Agreed. day. He didn't wake up and say, I'm going to kill somebody today. Okay, but the protesters, the protests all over New York City are talking about how he's a white supremacist and he lynched him. That's clearly not what happened. You no, agree? No, I don't. Of course I agree. I don't think, again, I think he was had good intentions, but that doesn't cover you. That doesn't give you the right to kill somebody on the subway. Yeah, I, I, I agree that he shouldn't have been killed, but I understand where it came from. That's all I'm saying. Maybe, no, maybe he has to serve some time for negligence. Gross negligence. Negligent homicide. Yes. Or, you know, find his commanding officer think, by the to way, train I think him better. I think if he does serve time for negligent homicide, I think everybody's left happy. Yeah. And I don't mean happy, no, but no, I mean satisfied. I, no, I don't think so. I don't think the mob, the mob justice people, no. They want him murderer. They want him in jail Crucified. for life. Crucified. Yeah. Yeah, and let me ask you this. This is where we started, but let me bring it back. Why was this guy walking around? 42 arrests, outstanding warrant, and yet he's still... People are writing about him on Reddit. He's all over. You know, everybody knows him. Everybody was familiar with him, and yet he was allowed to just keep walking. He was either... Either had, you know, mental issues, which most people seem to think he did. He had mental... He was suffering from most likely some mental illness, or he was just your run-of-the-mill criminal, right? Right, which I don't think it was. Right, so either way, he didn't belong walking around the subways and living, you know, and and, and harassing people, threatening to throw people on the tracks. It's just, it's not cool. But this is what New York has become. Everything is polarized. Uh, Crime is, is 
out of control, as we've mentioned many times. You can't have a gas stove anymore. We can't have nice things anymore. Right, the gas, gas, gas stoves. <laughs> the only state in the nation. Now, that's past, right? Yeah. Uh, is somebody going to like come and undo it? Uh, no. <laughs> that's not going to happen? I mean, a new, uh, you know, if, if New York, by some miracle, suddenly switches and becomes all Republican, Republican House, Republican Senate, then yes, but the odds of that happening are slim to none. Right. We'll I, have we'll have uh, tuition vouchers long before we have gas stoves back. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But I mean that's going to take effect in 2026. But still, I mean the the amount even according to their standards, the amount that it would help quote unquote climate change by not having gas stoves is not even measurable. It's like 0.0001%. And yet the electricity that's going to be needed, like if New York could, they would switch everybody over to, to electric stovetops right now. And that's going to create a demand on the electricity. Yes. Right? That's and, right. And, and we don't even know if we can meet that demand. That's right. That's 100% true. So that's why I feel like somebody's going to just wake up and say, you know what? Enough. You can have your gas stoves. By the way, this is coming off of a tweet on February 3rd from Chuck Schumer, Senate Majority Leader, where he said, nobody is taking away your gas stove. Liars. They're all liars. And they probably don't know how to cook. That's why they don't care. Because <laughs> everybody knows you can't cook on a gas stove. Is that true? That's not true. Stove. It's very hard. It's much harder. You, when you when you adjust the, the flame, as you know, I like to cook. When, when you have a flame, you turn the flame up, you turn the flame down. It's an instant thing, right? When you have those electric coils... It doesn't change right away. You have to wait. You have to wait for it to heat up. You have to wait for it to heat down. And the way it heats the the the, um, the pot is different as well. So you have to adjust. You have to learn how to use it. You have to adjust the way you cook. So it's not a, it's not just a simple thing. So this is your big problem is the food. Yeah. Okay, Gordon <laughs> You come Ramsey. after my food. <laughs> <laughs> you come for my food. That's where I draw the line. Look, when Bloomberg wanted to ban, uh, well, he banned uh, the, the, the trans fats. So we couldn't have butter anymore. Then he was we banned the salt. Then he was coming for the Slurpees. Yeah, I was upset about that also. I'm still upset about the plastic bags. Oh, that's right. That's I forgot a about that. Big one. Plastic bags. It's such a big one. Bags. First of all, they're charging me for the paper bags. And they break. And then wait. And then if you if they don't have paper bags, they're charging you like a dollar for one of those nylon bags. Yeah. It's really bad. And you don't want to do it. Like I feel robbed every time I pay for a bag. Welcome to New York. It's the worst. And then sometimes I'll try to juggle. Like sometimes I'm like, no, I got this. And then like butter rolling down the street and I'm chasing after the food. If that weren't enough, New York City is a sanctuary city, which means that any illegal immigrant could come to New York and nothing can happen to them. So Mayor Eric Adams is now moving some of these illegal aliens to a serene suburb of Rockland County. And that's very close to Muncie. Yes, and the Muncie people are up in arms. Yep. But then I read somewhere that it's like 20 minutes away from Muncie. Yes, 20 minutes. Which Correct. Is, that's pretty far. Is it, though? Yes. Is it, though? Think about somewhere that's 20 minutes from your house. Would you ever feel the effects? And wait, and most of these people, for better or for worse, don't have cars, right? So they're not going to show know that. up. <laughs> <laughs> they're not showing up at your doorstep, exactly. No, but he's saying... Mayor Adams is saying that they're going to be integrated and they're going to get work visas and they're going to be integrated into the community. That means they have busing, they have, right, mass transit. It's not that complicated. Now, I'm not saying... But look, it's not I'm that... I'm not saying it, they're all, they're all criminals, by right, the way. Right, that's, that's what not, I mean. I don't mean that, right. but... I want to get to the point that they're not, they're not bad. I'm not, I'm not saying that they're all criminals. Absolutely not. 
But I am saying we don't know what they are. These are not people who went through the normal legal entrance system for the United States. So there was no background checks done. There was no nothing. We don't know who they are. They could be anyone. They could be criminals running away from the law. How do we know? You're right. You don't know. But by and large, most people are not criminals. Okay, but even if it's you're saying it's, it's even if it's a minority, right? Let's say it's ten percent. Yeah, I guess that they I, move I hear that. Three hundred and fifty people. That's thirty-five people. Yeah, that's pretty scary. Let's say it's one percent. So then it's three people. Three and a half people. Three murderers. Right. <laughs> you you know? don't, you don't, right. I, I don't need it. I have enough murderers here. I don't need more. Right. I don't need illegal ones to be coming in. Ironically, New York. There was a report that came out that was listing the wealthiest cities on earth. Believe it or not, New York City is came in at number one richest city i think it's the most millionaires we yes, have like 370 340,000 340,000 millionaires yes like can we just get one more like <laughs> just one more i can't believe that it was such a round number they counted them <laughs> i don't think they're going to give you the exact i think they you know the rounding is okay i guess it's understandable yeah. tokyo came in at number 2 290,000 I wasn't expecting Tokyo to be number two. But can I say one thing about this? It's, you know, when you look at New York and you look what has happened to home values, right? That itself could be responsible for making millionaires. True. Right? How many times you have like a Rebbe who bought his house in yes. like 1970? Yeah. And then now his house is worth, he bought it for like $50,000 and now it's literally worth $1.2 million. Right. Millionaire. He's a millionaire, right? That's right? a good point. So it's not exactly like, you right. know, liquid like, cash. <laughs> right. It's not like, <laughs> it's not like the place is rolling with like multi millionaires. Like you think of, when you say the word millionaire, you're thinking of like a Wall Street type tycoon people walking around in suits but it's not that's not what it is it's just a lot of it is wealth created by the demand for homes that's a very valid point so looking i mean looking at the rest of the list tokyo came in at number two 290,000 san francisco 285,000 but it's important to note that the san francisco was san francisco bay yes so it's a it's a portion of San Francisco. It's just like this one little well, area. That's the city. No, that's the city. San Francisco, I think, isn't no, it? No, no. There's a larger, a greater San Francisco, and then there's this small enclave where they have apparently two hundred eighty-five thousand millionaires. Right. But again, think about the property values. Right. 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 So I don't know how accurate this is. London, two hundred fifty-eight thousand. Singapore, two forty. Los Angeles, two hundred five. Hong Kong, one twenty-nine. 129,000 millionaires, Beijing, 128, Shanghai, 127, and Sydney rounding off the top 10 with 126,000. Also, the United States and China dominated the list for the fastest growing cities when it comes to millionaires over the past decade. China's Hangzhou topped the list, came in at number one, millionaire growth of 105%. And the Indian cities, Bengaluru and Hyderabad recorded 88% and 78% growth respectively in millionaires over the past decade, while Sharjah saw an 84% growth. We are also millionaires, <laughs> right? Who <laughs> wants to be a millionaire? Let's move on to New Jersey, shall we? After you. So I'm sure you saw the story about the pasta. And I know you saw it because you sent it to me. Yes. You beat me yes. to it. But I couldn't believe it because what is happening? Ah, that is the question. And wait, and, and no one knew what was going on. Okay, first let's, let's explain to everybody what happened. So there was... 500 pounds of cooked noodles found along a creek in New Jersey. 
and nobody knew where it came from or what it was doing there. The pictures are ridiculous. I'm just imagining the person that stumbled onto hundreds of pounds of cooked pasta yeah. <laughs> in the forest. Like, what do you think? What is your first reaction? The Olive Garden exploded? <laughs> I don't know. Like, what could it be? <laughs> you know, when you sent it to me, at that time, they still didn't know what had happened. And I was reading it, and I was trying to imagine, what could it possibly be? Like, like what are the possibilities? Right. There was like a dump truck filled with pasta, and like it just cooked unloaded pasta. cooked pasta. Right. It was like, somebody was planning for this big party, and, <laughs> right. and it just didn't happen. Like a caterer, and it just like Maybe it. it was like an engagement that was broken off, or like a wedding, right? And they would have, like, that would have to it's be- like You break up with me. <laughs> That would have to be a huge wedding for hundreds and hundreds of pounds. pounds of pasta. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so they know what happened now finally, which is crazy. So it turns out there was a house nearby that was sold in Middlesex County. And the son of the homeowner had found that his mother had been hoarding tons and tons of dried pasta. And he was cleaning out the house, I believe, to sell it. Now, wait, I think it happened during COVID. She was just collecting as much pasta as possible because at that point, you didn't know how long you were going to be locked down. 500 pounds worth. <laughs> you never know. You just never know. So he ended up taking all the dried pasta. He took it to the woods and he dumped it there because it's cheaper than paying, you know, 1-800-GOT-JUNK to come get your stuff. Right. And there was heavy rains. So it wasn't actually that the pasta was cooked. It's that sitting in the water all that time... It got waterlogged, and it appeared to be cooked, but in fact, it was not. Okay, but wait. Here's a- another question that I had, is how did it get out of the boxes, right? Pasta comes in a package, and you have sitting there just just heaps of spaghetti, right? How did it get out of the package? Take <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't say, but... <laughs> but think about that, right? Nobody hoards pasta loose. Yeah, that's a good point. Right? They come in boxes, they come in packaging, something. If you're going to dump a bunch of packages, I get you're it. You're such a conspiracy theorist. No, What's no, the just, conspiracy here? I just want- They're telling us one thing, but it's actually something else. Right. It has to be something else behind this. <laughs> He's a conspiracy theorist. Big pasta was in on it. <laughs> like, what could it possibly be? I don't know. I don't know. But just, I'm just saying, not all the questions are answered. Am I the only one who imagined myself like walking on it and squish, 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 like- you know, there's a part of me that... And you know what? It's al dente because it's only, it's only cooked from the rain. Right, so you know true. what? It was going to... That would give a real nice crunch if you stepped on it. <laughs> Why are the animals eating it? Another great question. <laughs> Big pasta. <laughs> right? Right? Think about that. How long would it have lasted? Aren't there animals in the, in the wild that are going to eat that stuff? Yeah. But then again, there's 500 pounds. <laughs> you're saying that they a lot only, of animals. You're saying that they did eat some, yeah. But they couldn't get to it, and were probably sorely disappointed when they found <laughs> when they realized that it was had it had been cleaned up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like the, the deer yeah. were just like, I told you, I told you, we should take it, and now it's gone. You said, wait for the sauce, wait for the sauce, and I said, eat it now. Okay, let's let's digress for a moment. We covered in the last episode uh, the story that that. We covered it then, but I'm actually seeing it. It made national headlines, you know, later. Like even now, in the last day or two, I see it on the national news about the couple who was trying to smuggle 370 pounds, 375 pounds of fruit roll-ups into Israel. Yes, how can I forget? And you challenged me at that time. 
and you said that you would try it on the air if I came through. Don't tell me you have it. Oh, I came through. You have it? And we are going to try it okay, right now. let's do Here it. Here it is. So if you didn't hear the last episode, go back and listen to it. But just, just to know, there's this viral sensation that's going on where people take fruit roll-ups and they cover ice cream in them. And then they freeze the two things together and for, for an icy treat. <laughs> no, I think it's the crunch because the candy of the fruit roll-up gets hard and then you have the soft ice cream in the middle. And apparently that is a huge attraction. So let's okay, try well, this. We're going to know. Here it goes. You have to put, You got to do it in the mic, man. But People, then we're gonna get the hate mail. They need to hear the crunch. They're gonna get the hate mail. Let them let let the hate mail come. All right. If trigger warning. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not eating it? I'm waiting for you. I want to see if it's if it's worthwhile. I, I'm, I'm just diving That's in. Pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> oh wow! I'm not gonna kid. That's good. I like that. Mm. I, I'll be honest. I wasn't expecting it. I, I, I thought I wasn't going to like it. I thought it wasn't going to be. I'm not a huge fan of fruit roll-ups in general. This is pretty good. This is nice. The crunch. I was not expecting it. I get it. Who yeah, that is pretty this? good. It's good. Yeah. But also not so easy on the teeth. Fruit roll-ups never are. That's why I don't right. like them. Right. Okay, there you have it, folks. We just tried it. It is as good as they're saying. I kind of get the 375 pounds of fruit rolls. I would do that again. Yeah. But you've got to be quick, and it's got to come out of the freezer, and you've got to eat it right away. Otherwise, that fruit roll-up gets a little soft. You yeah. need that it crunch. It reverts to its soft state, which Correct. is just the worst. Yeah, the crunch is the, is the best part of the whole thing. Imagine you're having like a candy-coated, you know, a candy-coated ice cream, which right. is really good. Right, which would normally be chocolate, but here it's fruit roll-up. Right. So where were we before we got interrupted with the... Uh, I don't know. That came on really quick. It did. Oh, we were talking about pasta in New Jersey. Right. Yes. So speaking about pasta, there is a crisis in Italy. Actually, I'll read the headline to you. Italy calls crisis meeting over surging pasta prices. That's pretty serious. <laughs> if you're in Italy, surging pasta prices is... The, I literally can't think of anything else that's more... Pressing right pressing now. <laughs> in Italy. <laughs> so apparently... I mean, everyone's suffering from inflation all over the world. Uh, the price of pasta and pasta products has gone up 17.5%, and uh, it's eating a hole into people's pockets. Right. And Italians can't, can't deal with that. I wonder if this New Jersey pasta story came up in their meeting, you know? <laughs> like, in America, they are growing a pasta in the forest. <laughs> we need to go to America. <laughs> They are doing something right. <laughs> so apparently the uh, article talks about big pasta and its role in the <laughs> rising. Of course, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, I didn't know. Like, no, I thought it was like, yeah, oh. No, you no. were like, so what? So there so is big pasta. <laughs> right, right. So that's where you got big pasta from. <laughs> but there really is a big pasta, isn't there? Like Ronzoni, Ronzoni. <laughs> right? That's the first one that comes to yeah, mind with the blue boxes. Bertoli, 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 One of those. Yeah, yeah. But they're all Italian yeah, Italian brands. I, I'm pretty sure they're actually not Italian. I'm pretty sure it's all owned by American companies, and they're not actually. That they were started by like Italian families, right? The Ronzonis. They I, had to be like this big Italian family. I, you're reminding me now. There was an article, Barilla. It's Barilla pasta. There was an article about how Barilla pasta claims that it's like Italian or something, and it turns out it's completely not, and it's it's all like a marketing ploy. So I, I don't even know. I just imagine that today they're just, you know, like an, a, a regular Italian-American family that's like, you know, how you doing? How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he 
Here it is. I found the article. It came out in October. Two Californians bought Barilla pasta thinking it was made in Italy. Now they're suing. See, that's the problem with Americans. <laughs> it's so true. You know true. what I'm saying? It's like, well, we thought it was, uh, yeah, we really thought it was Italian, and now we're uh, offended, and we're going to sue. from California. Right. So. <laughs> right. Only two of Barilla's U.S.-sold pastas are from Italy. Barilla pasta that is sold in the United States is made in our plants in Ames, Iowa, and Avon, New York. Once again, it comes back to New York and big pasta. Barilla tortellini and Barilla oven-ready lasagna are made in Italy. I think we can move on from the United States. What do you say? Go for it. So the other big news, there is a new king in town. Oh, that was a big, big deal. Was it, though? Come on. It's a king coronation. But, like, what is, like, why? What's the, I mean, it was, a, it was important enough that Rabbi Mervis actually went to the coronation, and it was on Shabbos. Well, it's rooted in hundreds of years of tradition, of English tradition, kings like from medieval times were doing the same thing right but but rabbi mervis i mean i'm not a rav and i'm not no shade to rabbi mervis i'm just saying there were other people who were calling out like how did he go and attend it was in a cathedral so how does that play i mean halacha my understanding my basic amaratsis says keep going (laughs) i'm going to delete that i don't want to be on record of calling myself ignorant but from my understanding we can't really go into churches. You could go into a mosque, but not a church. Okay, so first of all... Tell me, professor. (laughs) You have the professor look on. So first of all, there's always a rabbi there at every coronation. Right, could you imagine if they didn't invite a rabbi? We'd be going nuts right now. That's also true. We want to be represented, right? True. Now, it is a problem because it is Shabbos. And what's funny is Rabbi Mervis said himself, he said, I I didn't even have to explain to the, the royals what I needed. Because they already knew. Like, they did their research, and they knew exactly what he needed. That's and, nice. And they provided that for him. Yes, they made him a special coronation chicken dinner on Shabbos. And they kosher. Yes. With the mashkiach and everything and in all, the palace, which and, is where they put him up. And during his speech, they didn't uh, put a microphone in front of him because they knew oh. that he can't talk into a microphone. Oh. So it was all done with a lot of planning, a lot of forethought. And as far as going into a, a church is concerned, if it's not a place of actual worship, then there is something to, 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 to be handled. You know what I'm saying? Well, okay, so why would you assume that this isn't a place of worship? Because, again, it's, it's, it's a ceremony. Think about your shul, right? <laughs> would you have a, a bar mitzvah in the actual sanctuary? Wait, no. You're, you're sa- having a party. It's going to be in a social hall or in a, a, a room dedicated to having parties, even though it's in the synagogue. No, but but this was in the church, and it was very religious. I mean, I watched parts of it, as I'm sure you did. There's a lot of religious stuff going on. A lot of crosses. <laughs> a lot of, you know, a lot of stuff. A lot of that going on. It's, it's, it's very ceremonious. It's ceremonious, but it was very religious. You know also. what's also interesting to me? That they put up like a partition screen... And they actually anoint him. They actually put oil on his body. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. They put it on like his chest, on his head. So they do that behind a privacy screen. But it's like they really believe that there is, I guess, a holiness to the king. We believe that also. I mean, all the laws of of what you have to do for a king and saying a bracha is because we believe that, you know. A king is chosen. A king is chosen by God. So we do believe that as well. 
But, I mean, he's not exactly like the kings of yesteryear. When you think of royalty and you think of kings, it's not really so synonymous with... Right, like he can't just kill someone if he wanted to do like, Right, he doesn't have that absolute doesn't power. Doesn't have that power, right. But it, it's something else. It's it's it's. I was thinking Dark Shalom. I, I was thinking, he, you know, if he didn't do it, it would be a tremendous affront to the government. For sure. It could put the Jews in danger, to tell you the truth. I, I could easily see anti-Semitism going through the roof. If he, if he actually didn't do it. I mean, look, it's important at least that we matter that much, right? Yes. Isn't that nice? It was nice. It was a good feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So I don't. I think he probably did everything according to, like, this is not something you just, you know, do without preparing and knowing the halacha and knowing what's appropriate on Shabbos and what's not. Right, right. Rabbi Mervis, if you're listening, we'd love to have you. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you always laugh when I do that? I don't know. Because I, I just imagine him listening. Can you imagine him saying, hold my calls. I'm on the I'm listening to Kiddish Club podcast. <laughs> and we'll include a video of some clips from the coronation so you can be a part of it as well. But you have to join the WhatsApp group and the link is in the show notes. And on our website, kiddishclubpodcast.com. In other news, it's that time of the podcast where we talk about all the crazy things that have been happening on flights. <laughs> is that a segment now? <laughs> right? Because I, I don't think we It just we've, ends up happening. It ends up happening every time. So first of all, there was a United flight that took off from Washington, D.C. to Tel Aviv, and it got diverted mid-flight because the windshield cracked. Look at that picture. Oh, wow. But that's serious. Needs that's, a diversion. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once again, one more thing again for me to worry about. <laughs> How could something like that happen? I mean, look, it's glass. Uh, did go- you, things did you are going to happen. Did you ever hear of this before? No, but that's, that should comfort you. You've never heard of it before. What's the odds of you hearing about it again? I don't know, but I, it's got to happen to someone, right? <sighs> but then again, they also landed safely. Everything was fine. Yeah, I mean, it's just, again, it's one side. There's two sides to a windshield. And technically, they don't even need a windshield. Right, sure. Right? Really Everything don't. is being like computer modeled yeah. in front of you on screens. You don't really need the windshield. It's just for... I vaguely remember a news story. It was some years ago where the windshield broke in the cabin and the pilot was sucked out of the window. Wait, One of come the pilots, on. That's yeah, not real. That's real. Yeah, here it is. Found the article. It happened in 2018. Sichuan Airlines co-pilot was pulled back inside by crew at, right after windshield blew out at 32,000 feet. Airline pilot sucked halfway out when cockpit windshield broke. So it's it's... Like, you don't think that something like that could even occur, right? Right. Because even if a windshield breaks, like, aren't there multiple layers? Apparently not. (laughs) It should be double-paned or at least least double-paned, probably triple-paned. Well, that's what you get for Flying Spirit. No, it wasn't Spirit. It was Sichuan Airlines. I don't even know what that is. But but it's it's crazy that they were able to get him back in. And how did they patch up the hole? Like, I always understood. (laughs) there's a picture. I always understood that if there's a hole in the airplane, it will suck everything out of the plane. Like nothing yeah. will survive. So <laughs> how, what do they do to patch it up? It's an excellent question. I will get back to you on that. Moving throughout Europe now, I saw this article and uh, I don't know what to make of it. I'm just going to throw it out there. So an enterprising person, let's say, decided to open up an ice cream, a uh, mobile ice cream truck within, I think it's like 100 feet of the entrance of Auschwitz. There has to be laws against that, aren't there? I mean, Auschwitz against is what? It, Auschwitz is a national monument. Yes. Right? It's a landmark rather. Just like in schools, there's a law that you can't go over 25 miles an hour 
in a school zone, right? Okay. Shouldn't there be a landmark zone where you can't be selling ice cream? But what's he doing? He's, I mean, he's only technically listen. He's only selling ice cream. He's not sell, He's not dealing drugs, right? I mean, he's not doing anything that's hurting anyone. I hear say. that. And and look, there are people, and it's a place to do business technically. But I just feel like it shouldn't be within. Like you shouldn't be able to see Auschwitz and then an ice cream truck. Does I that agree. make sense? No, listen. As a as a as a Jew. You see this picture, and of course, we're going to include it. It, it. it rubs, obviously, rubs us very badly, and it doesn't feel good to see this. It looks like you're belittling the Holocaust. That's what it looks like. But when you think about it, you, you can understand. Like, what if it was a food truck? Would you be okay with that? I mean, people do need to eat, no matter right, where exactly, they are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly what I was thinking. Right. Right. So is it because it's ice cream? That's our problem? I don't know. I don't know. This is, like a, this is not an easy, because again, I just don't want to see pictures of this. I don't have a problem if someone is selling snacks outside of a tourist attraction. Let's say there was ice cream for sale at the Auschwitz, I don't want to say gift shop, because I, 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 I don't think there right. is. There no, I'm sure there's some place there where you could buy stuff, no? I don't know. I've never been, Me neither. but I don't think there is. Let's say, I mean, it's technically like a museum now, right? And let's say they were selling, like maybe there was like a shop where they're selling things. Where don't you could, sell things. Don't sell things? No. That's the answer? Yeah, don't sell stuff. Okay. All right. Just go visit. It's solemn and get out. Okay. I hear you. Speaking of the Holocaust, there was, uh, you know, we just passed Yom HaShoah, Holocaust Remembrance Day, an international day where, you know, the world remembers the Holocaust. And there was an El Al flight where the pilot came on to mention it. Instead of just talking about, you know, the day, he decided to say the following. He told passengers that, quote, Things like the Holocaust are potentially carried out in a dictatorship, and we are fighting in Israel to remain a democratic country. Oh, he took a political stance. Yes, yes, totally uncalled for. Now imagine your your pilot. You realize now, you know this Israeli pilot. Now he starts going into politics. Not something I'd want on a plane. Well, I mean, look, we know he has an opinion, right? I don't want him sharing it. Right, just you just fly don't want to know. Just fly the plane. I don't know. I don't want to know if you're left, you're right. It doesn't matter to me. Hey, this is your captain speaking. Uh, we're going to take the flight to uh, 20,000 feet. And uh, while I have your attention, uh, <laughs> I don't appreciate the judicial reform and what they're trying to do. Uh, if you're like me, you're like me, right? If you want to say hello to me after the flight, I can tell you how to make your voice heard <laughs> in Israel. Also, please enjoy the in-flight meal. We are having shakshuka. <laughs> I love shakshuka. Everybody loves shakshuka. That's not true. That is that is true. I, I I don't I don't usually take a chance on shakshuka. Like I won't go there. Like I'll see it and I'll be like, no, eggs. Eggs intimidate me. See, that proves that you don't love shakshuka. Do I don't you love shakshuka. I don't. Oh, okay. It's a fact. Unless it's like taste tested before, and someone says you must try. This shakshuka, I won't touch it. I'm not so taking I will a make chance. You some shakshuka. I, I don't trust yours. Oh, I think I've seen yours and I've not touched it. That is true, right? In fact, yes, that's true. I, I won't eat your shakshuka. I'm offended. Quite it's okay. Offended. It's okay because again, it needs to. You're be, missing out, bro. It needs to be so overwhelmingly good that it can't be resisted. Like I would, I would take a chance on like you know when you go to those uh, hotels in Israel and they have this insane buffet for yes. breakfast. That shakshuka I would take a chance no, on. My shakshuka kills that nah, shakshuka. I don't yeah. think so. I, don't I said think at the so. Waldorf, my shakshuka is worlds better. And and in all fairness, you're saying, you know, I looked at it, I didn't. 
shakshuka looks like vomit. It always looks like vomit. That's not that's not a good thing. No, but that's what and shakshuka also, looks like. There's like egg yolks looking at you. That's, I can't eat that food. <laughs> okay, but that's what shakshuka. So you don't like shakshuka? That's all. No, no, no. Again, but if I taste good shakshuka, it's like wow, this is really good. Okay, you got. We're gonna try the shakshuka on the cast. I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna taste it. Listen, and you're gonna like it. It's one thing to do fruit roll-ups with ice cream, and it's a completely different story when it comes to shakshuka. So also coming out of Israel, a startup company that is partners with a company in Singapore, I believe, has released the first ever 3D printed fish fillet. How does this work? How does it work exactly? How are you printing fish? The words don't even go together. So what they do is they basically, they, they cultivate cells in a laboratory. And actually the article says that they can't produce enough. It's too expensive. So they, they do have to actually mix it with plant protein. So it's not 100% fish cells. They mix it with the plant protein, and then they take this whole concoction, they put it in a special printer, and it prints out a, you know, drop by drop. It makes, you have a C3D printer? Yeah, but why not just serve that concoction? That blob? Yeah. Are you saying it turns that into fish sticks? Yeah, because from my, if I had to imagine, you've had a, a filet of fish, right? And there's like, there's like layers of, it's like flaky, and there's like layers, fish has like layers, right? Mm-hmm. So it's printing it in layers. It's not like a glove. Like think of ground beef versus a steak, right? Okay. So ground beef is a, a mush, and then you cook it, and it's like the, a one unit. But you really can't make steak out of ground beef, right? Right, exactly. So are they doing that they somehow? Are, yes, they're also doing that, yeah. Also, Israel is at the forefront of this technology. We've spoken about this before. Yeah, well, it was a big question if you can eat this with milk. Right. But that's because it's not actual meat. It's plant Based. No, it's not plant-based. It's it's made out of actual meat cells. They take cells from an animal and they make it from that. It becomes a shail and halacha because technically it didn't come, you know, let's say you took it from a live animal. It could be Avram and Chai. It could be, you know, if the animal turns out to be a trefa, that's another problem. Uh, but if it's shechted meat and it was shechted kosher, it was slaughtered the right way and it's a completely kosher and you take a s- cells from it, technically, you know, it it's 100% meat you know biologically it's meat but i know and we've covered this at least one rabbi that uh, i'm aware of paskin that it's not considered meat and you could eat a cheeseburger you know with it straight you could throw the cheese right on eat it together it's not it's not meat not exciting times for sure very exciting so also in israel i'm sure you saw this the kosher electricity for ultra orthodox households tell us a little bit about that Uh, what i don't know anything about it but I do know. That ah, so you do know. <laughs> I don't know anything. No, it but must be. You. It must be that there are some people that won't use or will minimize their use of electricity because the power plants are have Jewish people in it. So if if they're working for the electricity company, right, and you're benefiting on job is right, and you're benefiting from that, so I can see where there's a little bit of a, an issue there. Now I don't know why this is not a. Uh, now, I don't know why this is not a blanket issue across just all religious people. So, I don't know. We've all been to Israel, and I've never had the issue of leaving a light on or not benefiting from electricity on Right, Shabbos. that's a good point. We, we've never even thought about it. Right. So, this article that I saw, it, it, it's, obvious, it's obvious that some people are uh, stringent and don't want to even use any electricity. Like, they'll leave Candles? the lights off. Yeah. Candles? Yes. That, that type of situation wow so what they're doing is they're going to be using batteries basically to let the batteries soak up the electricity store the the electricity during the week where it's done um without desecrating shabbos and use that electricity 
on Shabbos. So it doesn't really have a real impact on the way we're using electricity. Like you and I would never know the difference. Right. Right. But for those people that are conscious of it, which I don't know anybody that is, like I've never heard yeah, of this issue. Yeah, me neither. Like I've never heard someone say, we're not leaving any lights on this Shabbos because whatever, the, the power company and it's, it's a problem. I have three words for you. Three day Yantav. <laughs> what then? Well, Yantav, different story. Different issue, Yantav. Yantav, uh, people use electricity. It's not as, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know enough of the facts to formulate a proper opinion. We need someone from Israel. We need an Israeli on here. We need an Israeli to, to discuss this. Yeah, I, I'll agree. Okay. If you have any suggestions, someone you want us to interview, let us know. com. Moving on from Israel. So it turns out that people are getting injured from stepping on mines. Like, Well, that's what mines will do. That's what they're designed <laughs> to do, actually. <laughs> to blow up? Really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. You've solved it. No, so they're... They're stepping on mines in places where mines should not be. Like in the middle of a marketplace, there's a landmine. So Wait, what country is this? This is in Ukraine. Well, yeah. Okay. But Like but, things are coming together now for me. No, but there's, there's not supposed to be mines in the middle of a marketplace in Ukraine. So what they believe is happening is that crows are actually picking up the mines, carrying them. Crows are really, really smart. No. But are they really, really strong? I imagine a yes. mine doesn't weigh... Like two ounces. They're really strong. A landmine has to weigh 100 pounds or 50 pounds. However much they weigh, these crows are moving them. What is Boris coming from over border and put landmine in good place? In marketplace. Yeah. <laughs> so they believe that these crows are actually bringing them. Crows are the most intelligent of the birds. They're really, really smart. Like you could you could go see videos of crows doing amazing things. They could be trained to do amazing things. Uh, I remember seeing an article about someone who got a crow. The crow was bringing him, I forgot what it was. Money. But something, yeah, money, right? Money. Oh, you're right. They trained see? the crow. You remember it. Yeah, they trained the crow to find dollar bills. And he, it was just, you know, flying around, whatever. Whenever it saw money, picked it up, brought, it, brought back it to the guy. To the place. He gave him a treat. I've seen videos of the crows putting the shapes. You know those shapes that the babies use? How they take those shapes and they have to fit it into the hole? Yes. Right? And the crows just boom, 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 boom. No, Easy. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All four shapes, first try. But I'd have to see video footage of a crow carrying a landmine and placing it stealthily <laughs> in a marketplace to buy this he story. He looks around first. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then he takes it from right out from under his wing and just puts it right under the table. Come on. I don't know, man. People that say be afraid of AI, that AI is going to destroy the world. The crows. Crows are coming. The crows are coming. They know what's, they know what's going on. <laughs> also in world news, so this was a sad one. A, uh, a MiG-21 crashed in India, and it killed three people, which is very sad. But the crazier part is, why are they still flying MiG-21s? This is an aircraft from 1955. What's it called? A MiG? A MiG-21. A Russian. It's a Russian fighter jet. Okay. It's called a MiG. All right. So a, a plane that's built in 1955, and this is still part of the Indian Air Force? They didn't have Trump to rebuild their military, apparently. Ooh, right? Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just going to let that go. I'm not even going to comment on that. Why? Why? I, I mean, know. listen, th when was the last time India was in a war? They're way too nice to ever get into a war, <laughs> right? All the Indian people are just, they're overly nice. Is that true? It is. That's you ever nice met a say. mean Indian? Yes. I, I haven't. 7-Eleven. Yes. No, they're all so nice. They couldn't be nicer. 
That's a good. It's valid. So they don't get into wars. So they're using the planes from 1954, right? We never have problem, right? It worked. <laughs> it worked good, and we friend with everybody. <laughs> I'm a bit of a uh, fighter plane geek, by the way. I didn't know this about you. Yeah, there's a lot you don't know about me. Is there? Yeah, mm. but not like illegal things like you. Just like <laughs> I like fighter planes. <laughs> F-22 Raptor, anyone? F-35? Not me. Look them up. They're amazing. America, the American Air Force is so far ahead of any other country. It's crazy. You know what bothers me? Is that when we have this technological advancement that comes to consumers like us, right? Like 3D printing, just for an example. Or like you, you, you have an iPhone, right? When it came out in, I don't know, 2007, 2008. The military has all this a decade before you. Yes, and they're playing this. this they're, they're playing with this stuff. They're utilizing it. They have it in their pockets, and they're just not telling us. And That's then right. finally, it filters down. Like like five, seven, eight years later, we get to play with it. And 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 yeah, but that's that. That's the way it should be, right? You want your military to have every edge it could get. I guess. Yeah. I guess. I just would would <laughs> like to also be like updated. Like join the, the military, bro. The, <laughs> join the military. <laughs> They'll have you. Go join. Yeah. You know what? If you join the military, it would make a real man out of you. If you just look, I, I just want you to do do me one favor. Go look up F-35 and F-22. Look them up. Look at the technology behind these. You will be astonished. But I don't. I won't appreciate it. No, you will. Because if you if you watch the right video, they explain like just the the stealth technology that they have. How the radars can't pick them up. It's unbelievable. And I saw another but article. See, I'm the opposite way. I want to be picked up. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not looking to, to go under the radar. <laughs> You're going to be the fighter pilot. That's I like... want to fly above the radar. I want everyone to see. Check so, out my F-22, guys. <laughs> if I had an F-22, the world Everyone's would know. know. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe we'll include a video of like one of these uh, you know, fighter jet videos, should we? Uh, why not? The okay. more the merrier. Okay. I'll make all of you fighter jet nerds just like me. <laughs> <laughs> so we so saw this, this uh, news story. I mean, it's a couple of weeks old, but... Um, now with the summer approaching, it's swimming pool season. And I saw this and it's, for some reason, every time an article pops up on my feeds about Australia, it's always going to be something about deadly insects. And this one is no different. Well, it's the outback. Exactly. And apparently heavy rain in Australia has led to an influx of these venomous spiders, these funnel web spiders. They're of the deadliest spiders on earth. And they're apparently now in people's pools. So to imagine. deadly spiders in the pools. Yes. Is there anything scarier than that? I don't know. How to, I, I still wonder how and or why people live in Australia. <laughs> yes. No, like, is it, it, maybe it's beautiful. Maybe I think it's, it is. Like, if it's absolutely stunning and worth, like, worth risking your life to live there. Why right? are you disenfranchising our Australian no, I'm, listeners? No, I'm not. I, I, like, I love them. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, what is it that keeps you there? <laughs> what is it that keeps you there? You know what I'm saying? With the snakes and the crocodiles and the kangaroos. And the giant spiders and the kangaroos, yeah. Yeah, like what? Scorpions. Like you could you could be just walking some somewhere and, and a kangaroo <laughs> wants to box with you. <laughs> I think it is beautiful. I think it's beautiful there. Okay. And look, every, right. every, every place you go to has something, right? We're complaining about the gas stoves. They're complaining about the funnel web spiders. Right. Pick your poison. I, I, my poison is the gas stoves. <laughs> Me too. Look at this picture of the spider. Anything scarier than that? I mean, that's a real close-up shot, though. Yeah. The venom of this spider could kill a child in 15 minutes. Well, how, well, what, what about an adult? Okay. Well, oh, I mean, we're not children. We could do it without the kids, but <laughs> as long as the adults are safe. 
No, I just want to know for me. <laughs> I would imagine. Do I would... have a half an hour? Do I have 30 <laughs> minutes? <laughs> I imagine it's not a walk in the park. I saw a video, and it was a guy holding a snake that they had already killed. And he's, you know, I guess he was playing around with it because it was dead. Right, because we all play with dead snakes. The dead snake bit him. Oh, wow. And he was like, no, don't worry, it did. It's dead. <laughs> he was Indian. I, guess, I think so. <laughs> okay. And then he, he took it off, and he didn't think much of it because it's a dead snake. I guess he thought it couldn't, you know, poison him, I suppose. Uh-oh, I don't like where this is headed. Yeah, well, literally 10 minutes later, his eyes were swollen shut. And then, like, a half hour later, he was... No! Yeah. Gone. I don't know if he died, died, but it was, it was like, but it wait, was wait. <laughs> died, died, like what's died as opposed to died, died, <laughs> whatever. I don't know. I, maybe they got him help. I don't know. Like the video doesn't say like, you know, there's all these yeah. media, like these, these Snippet. pieces, right? <laughs> these, these media clips. They don't give you the full story, right? You just have to wonder your, your, your imagination is left running. So maybe I don't, maybe they got him help. It didn't look like that area had help available quickly. Wow. But, uh, yeah, scary stuff. We're not going to be traveling to Australia anytime soon. Unless uh, they call us down for a live podcast. Ah, I see what you did there. See? See what you did there. You never know. And as always, we thank you guys for listening. You know you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Kiddish Club Cast. You can follow us on Instagram at Kiddish Club Podcast. If you're listening to us on Spotify, leave us five stars. And there's a new feature on Spotify where you can actually leave a review on a specific episode. If you're listening on Apple... Leave us a five-star review. And you can support the cast by visiting us at buymeacoffee.com slash kiddishclub. The link is in the show notes. Send us your thoughts, comments, and suggestions by email. We are at hock, H-O-C-K, at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And we are out. Well, I know what you're thinking, that now you have cheap housekeepers, but <laughs> I can't say that, right? No, no. no. Make sure to finish every bite. <laughs> We're trying to record here. <laughs> I took two bites. This guy ate the this whole This is the best treat I've had all day. <laughs> it's really good, right? Yeah. It's really good. I think we can move on from the United States. What do you say? What do you say? Let's go. Let's go it? Let's go it. <laughs> We also have millionaires, right? <laughs> and everybody laugh on me when I make the first 7 Eleven. <laughs> That's not nice. <laughs> That's not nice. And everybody laugh at me when I make the first 7 Eleven, right? <laughs> but we keep growing, and now we are millionaire. <laughs> and this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.